0: Indeed, there is that sense of all have sinned and come short of the glory. And probably all of us are guilty of being short of the glory. But you know what? I'm thankful that I know who Jesus is. And he is able to perfect that which he started in me. Amen? It's not going to be me that's doing it, not by my might, nor my power, but by His Spirit. Let's thank Him for what we feel. Let's thank Him for His Spirit. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Praise the name of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. You may be seated. I'm not going to try to speak a long time tonight. I am not going to, uh, I know, overwhelm you with where we are in uh, what God, I believe, has been doing. We, I have some pages in the back uh, that I started on Wednesday night. I started this sermon, actually, uh, last Sunday. And it was, the title was, Keeping Sin Cut Back in My Life and Training in Godliness. And I know... That's a hard topic because when you talk about sin nobody wants to talk about sin. Nobody wants to talk about sin in my life. I can find sin in everybody else's life and I'm good at that. I can point out where everybody else is wrong but I don't want to talk about sin in my life. And it's easy to understand that here we are between the spirit and the flesh and the flesh is full of ungodliness. It just is. And that ungodliness sprouts up into a trunk. We would call it pride. And that pride is the basis for a tree that is in fact just full of all kinds of things that are ungodly and I know according to the word and I, that's what this sheet was about was identifying and talking about some of those things that are ungodly from that sense of temper and discontentment and selfishness and all of those things that we can know according to the word of God, according to the New Testament we find evidence that those spring out of a sense of pride and I know you know, I ask Caitlin to do the begin some of this in hyphen I'm doing some of it in Wednesday night and going through and looking at them and looking at where they come from and I know not all things that are coming up in my life not all anxieties if I if the doctor told me I had a mass in my shoulder you're going to be anxious it's normal to be anxious but the key is not letting that develop a spirit of anxiety and a spirit of frustration and a lack of trust in Almighty God and remembering then, of course, that, you know what, I have to preach the gospel to myself. I have to remind myself, and we talked about that last Sunday and, and, and even this morning, that I've got to remember it, it that because of the grace of God, because of the power of God, I can be delivered, I can be set free. It's not my might nor my power, but by His Spirit. But the Bible said to put off the old man put off that ungodly flesh response and so i have to work on that and i don't like working on it and i i don't like trimming it back and i don't you know one of the things that you have to do is trim that back and yet from that it also said train yourself not only put off but to put on the new man and then train yourself to be godly and that's not fun either i don't i don't i don't train very easy and I'm not one that I, I get up and just immediately, t- you know, take, take to exercising and maybe you could see that in me. I don't know. But uh, exercise yourself unto godliness, it says. And so godliness involves this relationship with God and it involves that sense of, you know what, <laughs> that um, uh, uh, humility and contentment and thankfulness and, and joy and, and uh, I got to be honest with you there's a lot of days I'm not very godly I'm not very joyful and I I don't maybe come out with all the thanksgiving in the world and I don't have all the you know humility that I need to have but it said discipline myself into that and discipline myself into self control and I'm going to give you this is a sheet on what to put off I'm going to give you one on what to put on these are where the Bible talks about all of these but the key thing that we got down in here. This morning was that there has to be a sense of the fear of God, a reverence of God, the awe of God. And I know we heard a great praise report just now about how that God was powerful. And sometimes we forget uh, just how powerful it is. We will pray, we'll sing, we'll feel good on Sunday night, but let me tell you, you're tapping into the very presence that spoke the worlds into existence. It's nothing for him to speak to a cancer. It's nothing for him to change. It's nothing for God to heal. You say, oh, but you don't understand why. It's nothing for him to put money in Fish's mouth. It's nothing for him to change, of course, of everything. I'm telling you, that's how big and powerful and mighty our God is. And because of that, I have a lot of respect and awe. And that's what I mentioned this morning. Paul told him in Hebrews, with with you know, feel free, with boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of, of Jesus. Later on, though, in that same book, he said, Let me tell you, you serve God with reverence and godly fear, because God is a consuming fire. You know, and so it's that balance that we read in Acts where there was that sense of great fear and the comfort of the Holy Ghost that came upon them. And I read to you this morning, just as we were uh, closing down about Romans, where it says, you know, by the spirit of adoption, I cry Father, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy. And what a privilege it is to be able to, at any moment, no matter what I'm going through, say, Lord Jesus, and we know we're his child and he hears us. But let me tell you not only am I his child that that my dad is the blessed potentate he is the king of kings he is the lord of lords he is the only immortal one he dwells in light that nobody can approach it is a great honor and a privilege to be able to, to say in Jesus name he's God in the father in the son in the what a powerful privilege we have and you cannot ever forget that Because that's why he said in Timothy, no man has seen nor can see. And yet we walk in and out of the presence of the Lord like it's just, you know, just good old Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with him being just good old Jesus as long as you also keep him high and mighty and powerful. huh? And that I have a great reverence and an awe. And that's why, you know, when we look at the love of God, when we realize, you know, that there is no greater love than this that would lay, um, that a man would lay down his life for his friend, Calvary. And I, I said it this morning, Calvary, the love of God has no meaning outside of Calvary. Greater love hath no man than this. Calvary shows the love of God. But Calvary has no meaning unless you realize that there is a holy just God that demanded a sacrifice and the wrath of God was satisfied at Calvary thank God for Calvary thank God for the blood without that I would be guilty you know the Lord did not come to Calvary and he didn't save us just so well I'll have peace in my life and I'll have direction in my life he's died to save us what a privilege that is That I've been saved from the wrath of God. And I know, you know, you you may wake up and feel like, well, pastor, I I just don't know if God loves me. I want to tell you, David began to realize it. And he said, Lord, if you started marking iniquities, if you started keeping score, where am I going to stand in that? David said this, oh, well, you know, we know he sinned, he did some of the big ones, but he said, Lord, thou forgiveness is with thee that thou mayest be feared, feared. The reason the Lord forgives us is not because it's sloppy grace. But it's so that I stay humble every day and say, Lord, what a privilege it is. Man, to feel what well, just to be able in a moment to text a few people and say, Are you praying with me? Pray for me. And to be able to walk into a doctor that's greater than the Cleveland Clinic, but a doctor, and say, Here it is, Lord. I don't know what you're gonna do. Here's what the doctor has said. But Lord, I'm taking it to the chief physician. You can change it in. If- if you want. Ah, oh, you're the only King of kings and Lord of lords. <laughs> he said, I wait for the Lord. I wait in his word. I hope let Israel put their hope in the Lord for with the Lord there is mercy and plenteous and redemption and he shall redeem us from all. What a prayer. That ought to make us want to come into the house of the Lord and worship the Lord every chance we get that the Lord is so full of mercy. Now I know training and I I don't like it. We had veterans up here this morning and they've all been through all kinds of training and others that have been through more training than I have but it seems like it you know requires somewhat of personal responsibility. You know you got to do something. I was sitting next to a man the other night eating and he said uh I carry around, I should carry around a picture of what I was before I lost all my weight. (laughs) Because it's just that way. And I said, well Brother Bill, I agree with you. (laughs) Sorry. That was us. We were sitting at a table, isn't that wonderful? (laughs) Well, well, requires, I got to do it for me. Not about you. I got to train to be godly. I have to train. Oh, will preacher, get them if, if they would all straighten up? Huh? This is about me. It requires commitment. That's why the Bible will say when you, you'll find him when you seek him with all your heart. It requires a coach, a trainer. Uh, in fact I think you've had a few trainers and and hallelujah but if you don't listen to what the coach says huh? but you know it it feels better that's why the body is so important folks that we come in here and we need strength and somebody prays with us and prays for us and says hey if God did it for me he can do it for you and come on let's make another lap (laughs) huh What are we doing? We're training together. We're training for godliness. It requires repetition. It requires practice. Ezekiel said it like this. When they come to me as the people cometh and they sit before me as my people, they shall hear my words and not. With their mouth they show much love. It's not about just from the teeth out. It's not about just, you know, I read a great book on training last week. Huh? I'm gonna have to put it to you sometime. I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to have opportunities come my way where it feels like I'm, I'm you know, oh, but you know what day, What Solomon wrote in Proverbs? He said, if you will receive my words and hide those commandments with you so that you'll give your ear to wisdom and your heart to understanding, and if you cry after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver, silver, search for her as hidden treasure. Then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And it is the knowledge of God that leads to godliness. I want you to understand that if you want to be godly, I'm here to tell you, you have the word of the Lord, you have coaches that'll help you, you have people that'll pray for you, there's some older folk saints in here that have lived a few years that'll come up and they'll give you a word and What are you talking about? I'm talking about I've got to train to be godly. I want to know how is it to make it through that first five years of marriage. And how do I make it through whenever it seems like the bottom's dropped out? And how do I make it through when I get a bad diagnosis? And how do I make it through whenever the doctor comes in with a bad report? Or when my husband or my wife or my, you know what? There's somebody that's already one step ahead of you that can say, let me tell you, if If he did it for me, he can do it for you. Come on, stay faithful, hold on to God, pray through. say, well, I couldn't take it if something happened to my spouse. I couldn't take it if... Don't tell the devil that. There's some people out here that are making it. Huh? Oh, I, I can look around. Well, I couldn't make it if they gave me that diagnosis of cancer. I don't believe that. There's somebody that's making it. I don't know. God may heal you. He may change. But you know what? I know God is able. I'm going to say thank God for the cross. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for what He's done. I believe God is able. And let me explain something to you. And I'm not, I, I don't, I, I just want one quick statement and then I'm through. The reason it is so important that we remove the ungodliness from our life and start training ourselves to be godly is I believe the nearer and nearer we get to the coming of the Lord the more and more people are going to look to us because they can't battle the spirits and the feelings and the anxiety and the frustration and the overwhelming stuff that is there they have no answer. Amen. The darker the night. Oh, but you don't know. I, I'm weary. I'm weary and well doing. Oh, no. The Lord's been good. Oh, what a privilege it is. They know, I can't tell you how many people I've had tell me, Pastor, my family, they're not saved. But every time they get into a little problem, you know who they call? Amen. You know why? They know who can pray. They know who can go into the Holy of Holies. They know who has the authority to go into that consuming fire. And I don't care how much somebody tells them, it's fine, you can just walk up to God. They know the real that can walk into the fire and the that can't walk in the fire. And the only ones that can walk in the fire are those that have the Spirit of the Lord with them, one more, like unto the Son of Man. That's the only one. You know, you, those that have not been, those that have not been bowing down. Out and bending their knee and that have been praying and that have been trying to live right and do right. Even though they're in Babylon, the only ones that could walk through the fire were those that somehow had